Blog Talk Radio. PGN, Prophetic Grace Network. This is live internet radio. I am Nicole, your Book of Revelation research scientist, and we are talking about the purple and scarlet prophecy today. That is the eighth documentary, the eighth statement of prophecy, the eighth vision John the Revelator was shown when he was called up to heaven as reported in John's report on heaven, which is in Revelation chapter 4. So we're talking about the purple and scarlet prophecy. Again, documentary number eight, statement of prophecy number eight in the book of Revelation. And that prophecy begins with verse one of chapter 17, and it ends with verse five of chapter 19. Let's hear it. John the Revelator talking to you and me, truth seekers, readers of the book of Revelation. Here's what he says. One of the seven angels who had poured out the seven bowls came over and spoke to me. Come with me, he said, and I will show you the judgment that is going to come on the great prostitute who rules over many waters. The kings of the world have committed adultery with her, and the people who belong to this world have been made drunk by the wine of her immorality. So the angel took me in the spirit into the wilderness. There I saw a woman sitting on a scarlet beast that had seven heads and ten horns, and blasphemies against God were written all over it. The woman wore purple and scarlet clothing and beautiful jewelry made of gold and precious gems and pearls. In her hand she held a gold goblet full of obscenities and the impurities of her immorality. A mysterious name was written on her forehead. Babylon the Great, mother of all prostitutes and obscenities in the world. I could see that she was drunk, drunk with the blood of God's holy people who were witnesses for Jesus. I stared at her in complete amazement. Why are you so amazed? The angel asked. I will tell you the mystery of this woman and of the beast with seven heads and ten horns on which she sits. The beast you saw was once alive, but isn't now. And yet, he will soon come up out of the bottomless pit and go to eternal destruction. And the people who belong to this world, whose names were not written in the book of life before the world was made, will be amazed at the reappearance of this beast who had died. This calls for a mind with understanding. The seven heads of the beast represent the seven hills, where the woman rules. They also represent seven kings. Five kings have already fallen. The sixth now reigns, and the seventh is yet to come, but his reign will be brief. The scarlet beast that was, but is no longer, 
is the eighth king. He is like the other seven, and he too is headed for destruction. The ten horns of the beast are ten kings who have not yet risen to power. They will be appointed to their kingdoms for one brief moment to reign with the beast. They will all agree to give him their power and authority. Together, they will go to war against the Lamb, but the Lamb will defeat them because he is Lord of all lords and King of all kings. And his called and chosen and faithful ones will be with him. Then the angel said to me, The waters where the prostitute is ruling represent masses of people of every nation and language. The scarlet beast and his ten horns all hate the prostitute. They will strip her naked, eat her flesh, and burn her remains with fire. For God has put a plan into their minds, a plan that will carry out his purposes. They will agree to give their authority to the scarlet beast, and so the words of God will be fulfilled. And this woman you saw in your vision represents the great city that rules over the kings of the world. After all this, I saw another angel come down from heaven with great authority. And the earth grew bright with his splendor. He gave a mighty shout. Babylon is fallen. That great city is fallen. She has come. She has become a home for demons. She is a hideout for every foul spirit, a hideout for every foul vulture and every foul and dreadful animal. For all the nations have fallen because of the wine of her passionate immorality. The kings of the world have committed adultery with her. Because of her desires for extravagant luxury, the merchants of the world have grown rich. Then I heard another voice calling from heaven. Come away from her, my people. Do not take part in her sins, or you will be punished with her. For her sins are piled as high as heaven, and God remembers her evil deeds. Do to her as she has done to others. Double her penalty for all her evil deeds. She brewed a cup of terror for others, so brew twice as much for her. She glorified herself and lived in luxury, so match it now with torment and sorrow. She boasted in her heart, I am queen on my throne, I am no helpless widow, and I have no reason to mourn. Therefore, these plagues will overtake her in a single day, death and mourning and famine. She will be completely consumed by fire, for the Lord God who judges her is mighty. And the kings of the world who committed adultery with her and enjoyed her great luxury will mourn for her as they see the smoke rising from her charred remains. They will stand at a distance, terrified by her great torment. They will cry out, How terrible! How terrible for you, O Babylon, you great city! In a single moment, God's judgment came on you. The merchants of the world will weep and mourn for her, for there is no one left to buy their goods. She bought great quantities of gold, silver, jewels, and pearls, fine linen, purple, silk, and scarlet cloth, things made of fragrant thyan wood, ivory goods, and objects made of expensive wood, 
and bronze, iron, and marble. She also bought cinnamon, spice, incense, myrrh, frankincense, wine, olive oil, fine flour, wheat, cattle, sheep, horses, wagons, and bodies. That is, human slaves. The fancy things you love so much are gone, they cry. All your luxuries and splendor are gone forever, never to be yours again. The merchants who became wealthy by selling her these things will stand at a distance, terrified by her great torment. They will weep and cry out, how terrible, how terrible for that great city. She was clothed in finest purple and scarlet linens, decked out with gold and precious stones and pearls. In a single moment, all the wealth of the city is gone, and all the captains of the merchant ships and their passengers and sailors and crews will stand at a distance. They will cry out as they watch the smoke ascend, and they will say, Where is there another city as great as this? And they will weep and throw dust on their heads to show their grief, and they will cry out, How terrible! How terrible! For that great city, the ship owners became wealthy by transporting her great wealth on the seas. In a single moment, it is all gone. Rejoice over her fate, O heaven, and people of God, and apostles, and prophets. For at last, God has judged her for your sakes. Then, a mighty angel picked up a boulder the size of a huge millstone. He threw it into the ocean and shouted, Just like this, the great city Babylon will be thrown down with violence and will never be found again. The sound of harps, singers, flutes, and trumpets will never be heard in you again. No craftsmen and no trades will ever be found in you again. The sound of the mill will never be heard in you again. The light of a lamp will never shine in you again. The happy voices of brides and grooms will never be heard in you again. For your merchants were the greatest in the world, and you deceived the nations with your sorceries. In your streets flowed the blood of the prophets and of God's holy people, and the blood of people slaughtered all over the world. After this, I heard what sounded like a vast crowd in heaven shouting, Praise the Lord! Salvation and glory and power belong to our God. His judgments are true and just. He has punished the great prostitute who corrupted the earth with her immorality. He has avenged the murder of his servants. And again, their voices rang out. Praise the Lord, the smoke from that city ascends forever and ever. Then the 24 elders and the four living beings fell down and worshipped God who was sitting on the throne. They cried out, Amen, praise the Lord. And from the throne came a voice that said, Praise our God, all his servants, all who fear him, from the least to the greatest. That, my friend and truth seeker, is the purple and scarlet 
Prophecy, the Purple and Scarlet Documentary. That is the eighth vision shown to John the Revelator. John's report on heaven appears in Chapter 4 of the Book of Revelation, and we have just heard Revelation Chapter 17, Chapter 18, and Verses 1 to 5 of Chapter 19, the Purple and Scarlet Prophecy. I want to remind uh, everyone, and for those of you who are first-time listeners, of the basic study notes which are available, everything at PGN is always free. No one at PGN merchandises the Word of God. The basic study notes that accompany this talk and every talk uh, beginning with September of 2022 So the basic study notes, the basic one-page study notes for the Purple and Scarlet Prophecy are available for anyone who would like to see them, download them, save them, refer to them at blogtalkradio.com backslash live prophetic. So you can go to the Internet, blogtalkradio.com backslash live prophetic for every program for this PGN uh, show Secrets Revealed, Understand the Book of Revelation from Start to Finish. There are two one-pagers. One page has the phone number, text number, website, so that you can listen uh, via Internet radio or via phone to this program, program to this broadcast. A second one-pager has the basic study notes. For your information, what's on the basic study notes uh, includes, but it's not limited to, uh, the location of the specific prophecy under discussion and being analyzed during the live Internet broadcast today, uh, where you can find it in the book of Revelation, a list of non-exhaustive key topics for the prophecy. For example, the list includes Babylon, Battle of Armageddon, the Antichrist, as well as the finest purple and scarlet linens. Also a list of keywords, phrases, and numbers. There are approximately uh, 20 or so. They're all listed there, as well as a list of the prophecies and the group of prophecies uh, in the book of Revelation. So those basic study notes are there for you as we discuss and analyze the purple and scarlet prophecy on Sundays and Thursdays in the month of August. We eventually get to all of these topics, but each program is unique. I've shared that any truth seeker who listens to seven of these programs, so if you listen to seven of these programs on the purple and scarlet prophecy, I believe that that will be sufficient for the purple and scarlet prophecy to go into your long-term memory, to be successfully encoded into your long-term memory so that you're able to retrieve it, to retrieve that information. What information? What the purple and scarlet prophecy is, where it is in the book of Revelation, what secrets God is communicating to us, all that information, I believe, you'll be able to retrieve on demand when you want to from your long-term memory if if you have the opportunity to listen to at least seven of these programs. So we have, I think, 
uh, every month at least eight, usually somewhere between nine and ten, just depending on how uh, the calendar falls with Sundays and Thursdays. Uh, the reason that I say that, that number seven, is that the learning experts tell us that most human beings need seven touches. In other words, seven experiences with information in order to uh, accomplish these two things. One, successful encoding of the information into long-term memory, and two, the ability to successfully retrieve that information on demand uh, from long-term memory uh, by the individual himself or herself. So the way that I personally know whether I really know something is not whether I can understand it as I'm listening to it or reading it, but whether I can recall that information whenever I want to. And when I can do that, then I know I really know it. So for me, that is how you and how I can know whether we really know something. And so God has given uh, me and us a way for truth seekers to get these secrets about the book of Revelation encoded into long-term memory, and that is... Every month we focus on one of the 12 statements of prophecy in the book of Revelation. And so this month we're focusing on the purple and scarlet prophecy. Uh, it's August. August is the eighth month of the calendar, uh, the calendar we follow. And the eighth statement of prophecy is the purple and scarlet prophecy. So we just heard it. Let's get to discussion and analysis. I want to focus on the language, people who belong to this world. So one of the things that you see consistently in the book of Revelation is that phrase. In our lives in 2023, we tend to group people into different categories, such as male and female. Another way to categorize people, uh, old and young. Another way to categorize people, blacks, whites, Asians, Hispanics, uh, and Native Americans. Okay. Another way to categorize people, North Americans, South Americans, Europeans, Asians, Australians, Africans, etc. In the book of Revelation, there's one way that's the primary way from the perspective of God that human beings are categorized. Now, that's important for us to consider. So we have, uh, the Bible tells us that Jews look for a sign and uh Others are obsessed, the Greeks specifically, it's noted in the Bible, are obsessed with uh, human wisdom, but us as truth seekers, we ought to be obsessed with God's wisdom. Where's God's wisdom found? It's found in his word. And so we're talking about his word. What does the word of God say about how to think about human beings in terms of group membership. Group membership 
from the perspective of God as demonstrated in the book of Revelation over and over again is this. Either an individual belongs to one or another category. There are people who belong to this world and people who belong to the kingdom of God. So this world refers to the world under the curse. It refers to this present earth. It refers to, during the time of the tribulation, those people who will take the mark of the beast. Obviously, the great tribulation is limited to a finite period of time. We learn in the 666 Antichrist prophecy, Revelation chapter 13, that that finite period of time is three and a half years. In Daniel chapter 12, it's referred to as a time, times and half a time. Again, three and a half years. In Revelation chapter 12, the Great Tribulation is referred to as 1,260 days. Again, that's three and a half years. And also, in Revelation chapter 13, the Great Tribulation is referred to as 42 months uh, in terms of duration. So, People who belong to this world are those who are team Satan. So there are those who are team Satan on purpose, and there are those who are team Satan because they have refused to transition to membership on team Jesus. In any case, An individual is either Team Satan or Team Jesus. An individual is either a person who belongs to this world or a person who belongs to the kingdom of God. An individual is either a sheep, that's a person who's Team Jesus, or a goat, that's a person who's Team Satan. A person is either... A good fish, the good fish are going to be kept, or a bad fish, the bad fish are going to be thrown out. So now I'm giving examples. uh, Well, I'm using the language, not examples. I'm giving uh, the language used in the parables provided in the book of Matthew. So either a person is a sheep, that's a person who's team Jesus, or goat, a person who's team Satan. A person is either a good fish that will be kept, or a bad fish that will be thrown out, either a person is among the wheat, which will be harvested and kept, or among the tares, among the weeds, which will be burned up. Either a person belongs to the kingdom of God, or belongs to this world. Now let's talk about briefly what that means, and then we're going to go back to the purple and scarlet prophecy to hear about the fate of those who belong to this world during the great, uh, during the wrath of God, during the wrath of God. Uh, this world 
is limited in duration. So today we keep time, but the Bible tells us in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. What's the beginning? It's the beginning of time. What was before the beginning? Eternity passed. Well, what's after the end? Right? So the Bible says uh, the end of the world is coming. What does that mean? That means the end of time. But there's period, that reality that is beyond time. Irvin Baxter uh I think my best teacher, I think Irvin Baxter is my best teacher. Irvin Baxter, in his teaching about this, he refers to it as eternity future, and I, I like that language. I like that language. So we're talking about the reality that people are organized into two groups In the book of Revelation, that's the key way that God talks about people in the book of Revelation. Either an individual belongs to this world or an individual belongs to the kingdom. Now, the people who belong to the kingdom are the sheep, the good fish, the wheat, those whose names are written in the Lamb's book of life. The people who belong to this world are the goats, the bad fish, the weeds, the tares, and those whose names are not recorded in the Lamb's Book of Life. The people who are Team Jesus belong to the kingdom. The people who are team Satan belong to this world. So the people who belong to this, to the kingdom, the people who belong to the kingdom will participate in the first resurrection, will transition from mortality to immortality. So in First Timothy, we're told that Jesus illuminates the path to immortality. And every person who is team Jesus will transition from mortality to immortality. Every person who is team Satan, who belongs to this world, will participate in the second resurrection. The second resurrection is described in the dead judged prophecy. Revelation chapter 20, verses 11 to 15. That's the 11th statement of prophecy in the book of Revelation. We'll be talking about it here. We'll be focusing on it exclusively uh, in the month of November 2023. Those who belong to this world participate in the second resurrection. Again, those who belong to the kingdom participate in the first resurrection and transition from mortality to immortality, but those who belong to this world participate in the second resurrection And they participate in the great white throne judgment. Now, all human beings will be judged, but the timing of our judgment varies based on our group membership. 
those who belong to this world, their judgment happens in the timing of the second resurrection. They are resurrected. In other words, they are pulled from their location in Hades. Hades uh, or Sheol, depending on whether we're, uh, what language is being used. They're pulled from their location in Hades. Hades has prisons of darkness. It's a temporary storage tank for those whose names are not written in the Lamb's Book of Life and who have fallen asleep. In other words, they have experienced death. But death is temporary. Death is temporary. Only the second death is permanent. You say, well, what's the second death? Let's go to Revelation chapter 20 so we can hear what the second death is. Now let me say in a nutshell the take-home point for those who belong to the world, and then let's hear the definition for the second death. Then we're going back to the purple and scarlet prophecy. Uh, For the people who belong to this world, they participate in the second resurrection for the purposes of completion of the great white throne judgment at the end of the great white throne great white throne judgment every person who belongs to this world transitions to the fiery lake that burns with sulfur and brimstone forever and ever in other words instead of transitioning to the new earth they uh an eternal life on the new earth they transition to the lake of fire and eternal damnation. Let's go to Revelation chapter 20 so that we get that definition for the second death. So in Revelation chapter 20, verses 11 to 15, we have the dead judge prophecy, and it says in Revelation 20 verse 14, this lake of fire is the second death. What what lake of fire are they talking about? Well, verse 15 says, And anyone whose name was not found recorded in the book of life was thrown into the lake of fire. That's Gehenna. The second death is the lake of fire. No one who participates in the great white throne judgment goes to the lake of fire until after their cases have been heard. Now, let's go back to our key point, the key focus of our discussion today talking about what does the purple and scarlet prophecy say about those who belong to this world? Let's begin with Revelation 17, talking about those who belong to this world. And it says, In Revelation 17, verse 2, the kings of the world have committed adultery with her, and the people who belong to this world have been made drunk by the wine of her immorality. It's not those who are team Jesus who are going to commit adultery. In other words, who are going to give 
themselves to false gods, to a false god. So during the Great Tribulation, the Antichrist and the false prophet will work in tandem as flunkies of Satan to promote and bring to pass Satan's agenda. What's Satan's agenda? To take as many, to take as many of the people of the earth as he possibly can with him to eternal damnation. That's his agenda. So every person is either a child of God or a child of Satan. I've heard people say over and over again, we're all God's children. That's the opposite of what the Bible says. We're not all God's children. Only those who have found and follow God's, who have found and who follow God's plan for salvation are God's children. Those who have failed to find, or perhaps they found it, but they failed to follow God's plan for salvation, they are not God's children. They are Satan's children, and they will join him. They will join him in the lake of fire, which is eternal damnation. In contrast, those who are team Jesus, who have found and followed God's plan for salvation, we will join him on the new earth. We will have eternal life on the new earth to come. We will have eternal life three in one in a perfected, glorified body, our same soul, mind, will, and emotions, and our spirit. So we'll be three in one. Some people are two in one right now. What do you mean, research scientists, you might ask? Some people are two in one right now. Who's two in one right now? Disembodied spirits who reside in heaven. Those are individuals who are team Jesus. They've experienced death. And then there are those who are two-in-one who are Team Satan. Where are they? They're in Hades, in a prison of darkness, awaiting the second resurrection. They're awaiting the great white throne judgment. Now, 1 Thessalonians chapter 4 tells us. Let's hear it now. 1 Thessalonians chapter 4 tells us how... Every person who belongs to the kingdom will be three in one again. Now let's hear it. First Thessalonians chapter four, verse fourteen. Let's go. Let's start with uh, verse thirteen. First Thessalonians chapter four. And now, dear brothers and sisters, we want you to know what will happen to the believers who have died, so you will not grieve like people who have no hope. So. I just share that there are those believers who are two in one. But every person who belongs to the kingdom is going to live not only on this present earth again, but also on the new earth. So what am I saying? Every person who belongs to the kingdom, that includes, those whose names are written in the Lamb's Book of Life, because every person who belongs to the kingdom has his or her name recorded in the Lamb's Book of Life. Every person who belongs to the kingdom is among the good fish. Every person who belongs to the kingdom 
is among the sheep. Every person who belongs to the kingdom is among the wheat. Now, what does it mean when a person is has that group membership? It means that the person will participate in the first resurrection, but those who belong to this world participate in the second resurrection. Now, let's hear about the first resurrection. Everyone who belongs to the kingdom, it says, and now, dear brothers and sisters, we're in First Thessalonians chapter 4, verse 13. We want you to know what will happen to the believers who have died, so you will not grieve like people who have no hope. For since we believe that Jesus died and was raised to life again, we also believe that when Jesus returns, God will bring back with him the believers who have died. Now, did you hear that? Everyone who is team Jesus, who has died, is coming back. We say coming back where? Coming back to this present earth. Let's hear more about it. Continuing with verse 15. We tell you this directly from the Lord. We who are still living when the Lord returns will not meet him ahead of those who have died. Now let's pause there for a second. When Jesus Christ returns, two subgroups there are two subgroups so the larger group that we're talking about is those who belong to the kingdom and within that one group there are two subgroups those who have experienced death so they're only they're two in one right so it's the one person but the person has no physical body that person's body is in the grave so instead of being body spirit and soul that would be three in one. The person's two in one, simply spirit and soul. But God's best is for every person to be three in one. So this is telling us about how God is going to achieve his best for his children, how he's going to restore those who are two in one to being three in one, and how those of us, who are three in one at the time of his second coming, that I believe includes me and many of you who are listening. For those of us who are here at the time of the second coming, we're already three in one, but we're in a mortal body. That's inferior to an immortal body. So we also, even though we will never, ever experience the first death, but we will transition from a mortal body to an immortal body. So First Timothy tells us Jesus Christ has illuminated the path to immortality. And here in First Thessalonians chapter 4, we have the report of specifically how that's going to happen. Let's continue. Verse 16. Let's go back to 15. We tell you this directly from the Lord. We who are still living when the Lord returns will not meet him ahead of those who have died. For the Lord himself will come down from heaven with a commanding shout, with the voice of the archangel, and with the trumpet call of God. First, the believers who have died will rise from their graves. Okay, so that's the first subgroup. So the larger group is... Those who belong to the kingdom, within this one group, there are two subgroups. And 
he tells us here, first the believers who have died will rise from their graves. What does that mean? It means that they're reconstituted, they're reconstituted tangible physical body, their glorified body, their perfected body, their immortal body will rise up out of the grave. Now, we are not talking about science fiction. We're talking about science fact. God is an omnipotent and all-powerful God. He says, before I knew you, before you were born, uh, I knew you. I knew you before you were knitted in your knitted together in your mother's womb. I don't have that scripture exactly right. Forgive me. Um, I didn't plan on saying that, but my the point that I want to make here is this: this is a literal report. This is not uh, a metaphor. This is not a wish. This is not a fantasy. This is a literal report of what is coming up. In the future. So every person who died in Christ literally will inhabit a new body. But it's not a new body, a face that's unrecognizable, eye color that's unrecognizable, a peak performance body. It's the version of the body that has no DNA errors. So if a person was missing an arm or one leg was shorter than the other leg or hearing was bad, uh, hair had fallen out, mental uh, distress, physical distress, any psychological or physiological issues are 100% resolved because the person will be in a peak performance glorified body just like the one Jesus inhabited when he rose from the dead. In Revelation, it tells us that Jesus Christ is the first of those who rise from the dead. So who's second? It's these group of believers, this subgroup, who are in heaven awaiting the first resurrection. Now let's continue. First, the believers who have died will rise from their graves. Then... Together with them, we who are still alive and remain on the earth will be caught up in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. Now, how are we gonna? How are we gonna? Uh, those of us who are here on the earth—that's the second group. So there will be a group of people, this second subgroup, that never ever experienced the first death. Now, in uh, Corinthians, we're told, "I tell you a secret: not all of us will fall asleep, but we all shall be." transformed in the twinkling, uh, excuse me, in the blink of an eye. So what does that mean? It means that this second group, we transition in the blink of an eye from mortality to immortality. So God in his uh, majesty, in his power, is able to heal our bodies so that the curse is no longer present in our bodies. Whatever it is that causes uh, aging, illness, cells to reach uh, a point that's a quote-unquote peak point, at which point uh, 
beyond that period of time or beyond that point in time, the cell begins to decline, that's not normal. It's not God's best for a a person to peak at age 27, 30, 24, whatever you think it is or whatever it has been or would be for you. God's best is for you to be in a peak performance body at your peak uh, level physiologically, psychologically, forever and ever for all time, beyond all time. Hallelujah. So we hear it right then. And then it says, uh, the end of verse 17 of 1 Thessalonians chapter 4 says, then we will be with the Lord forever. What's forever? The first thousand years of the government of Jesus Christ on this earth and beyond, that's the new earth. Now let's go back to the purple and scarlet prophecy. What are we talking about? What does it mean in the purple and scarlet prophecy when it says those who belong to this world? It's talking about what happens with those people who do not participate in the first resurrection. So we hear in chapter 17, Verse 2, the kings of the world have committed adultery with her, and the people who belong to this world have been made drunk by the wine of her immorality. So the harlot church, whose headquarters is a city with seven hills, the people who belong to this world, the people who take the mark of the beast during the great tribulation, they will commit adultery. Um, they'll be made drunk by her immorality and the kings, in other words, leaders, the leaders of this world, they are going to give themselves to this false religion, this false Christianity, the one world religion promoted by the new world order. Some nations uh, will likely make this false Christianity their national religion. I was listening to a program uh, a number of weeks ago, and a woman was giving her testimony about Jesus Christ and getting saved, and uh, she lives here in the United States of America, but her roots are in Haiti, and I believe her parents, as she reported, were born in Haiti, so uh, a love for the Haitian people and Haitian culture she had. One of the things she shared was that the national religion of Haiti is voodoo. Now, here in the United States of America, we don't have a national religion. It is a Judeo-Christian nation, but we don't have a national religion. This scripture, Revelation chapter 17, verse 2, seems to suggest that leaders of nations during the Great Tribulation, it says the kings of the world have committed adultery with her, that they will actively promote and partake in the one world religion that might include, uh, that will include many things, maybe even up to making the one world religion, the false Christianity, the national religion uh, of, their, of their countries, of their nations. Now, it doesn't tell us that, but it tells us that the kings of the world have committed adultery with her. So, in other words, they have given themselves their hearts and their minds to the false religion promoted by the woman, that's the prostitute, that's the city, that's the headquarters of the harlot church. Now, what else does it say about 
the people who belong to this world. It says that beyond the kings, so including the kings and others, people are made drunk by the wine of her immorality. So this religion is going to be very pleasing, the false religion, the one world religion promoted by the false prophet during the Great Tribulation. It's going to feel very good to those who believe in it and practice it, but it's 100% wrong. It's 100% uh, inspired by Satan. Now let's go to verse 8. In chapter 17, we hear uh, people who belong to this world again, and it says in verse 7, no, let's go to verse 8, verse 8, the beast you saw was once alive but isn't now, and yet he will soon come up out of the bottomless pit and go to eternal destruction. And the people who belong to this world, whose names were not written in the book of life before the world was made, will be amazed at the reappearance of the beast who had died. So what is this talking about? After the first resurrection, which includes only the people who belong to the kingdom, there will be a period of a thousand years described in Revelation chapter 20, verses 1 to 10. That's the millennial reign prophecy. During the first thousand years, of the kingdom of God on this earth. So what's the kingdom of God? It's the government of God, Jesus Christ ruling and reigning, and those who are members of the royal race ruling and reigning with him. During that first thousand years, there will be a co-mingling of members of the royal race and those who are mortals. In other words, those individuals who were permitted to live beyond the second coming of Jesus Christ, despite having taken the mark of the beast. Okay, they've taken the mark of the beast, therefore they are team Satan, and their names are not written in the Lamb's Book of Life. These individuals will continue to live, uh, will they procreate? Presumably. Presumably. In any case, it says, and the people who belong to this world whose names were not written in the book, book of life before the world was made will be amazed at the reappearance of this beast who had died. Satan will reappear according to Revelation chapter 20 in verses 1 to 10 in the millennial reign prophecy at the beginning of the first thousand years of the government of Jesus Christ, Satan is thrown into the bottomless pit. He loses in a physical altercation with the angel of the Lord. They get into hand-to-hand combat. Satan loses. The angel throws him into the bottomless pit, locks it. Then Satan is released from the bottomless pit a thousand years later. That is his reappearance. So that's what this is talking about. Revelation 20, uh, verses 8 to 10 is talking about this. Um, They're going to be amazed. So Satan will have been 
not heard from for an entire uh, millennium. (laughs) He will have been silent, radio silent, if you will, for a thousand years. So, you know, if, if you and I don't hear from someone for a year or two, maybe the person starts to fade from memory if it's a person who's alive, right? Maybe, you know, and imagine you haven't heard from someone for 100 years, 200 years. So when Satan emerges in the flesh back on this present earth, coming up from the bottomless pit, they're going to be amazed. So that's what the Bible is telling us here. Okay, so we're talking about the people who belong to this world and what it says in the purple and scarlet prophecy about the people who belong to this world. We're going to continue our discussion of the purple and scarlet prophecy on Sunday. I invite you to join me and to be with me and with us as we unlock secrets of the book of Revelation. You can call in to listen or you can call in to share your perspective about the book of Revelation. Maybe you have a prayer request. Feel free to uh, present your prayer request, to share your prayer request. Um, You can do that during the live Internet broadcast, but maybe you think of a question or you have a comment and it comes to you beyond the live Internet broadcast. You can text in 24-7. You can use our PGN text number one two one four five zero five eight seven one nine. That's one two one four five zero five eight seven one nine. And during the live internet broadcast, you can use our PGN phone number for this program one three one nine five two seven six zero two seven. If you haven't done so already, according to Jeremiah thirty three three. Call out to God. He promises to show you great and mighty secrets that you do not know. Until next time, friend, I look forward to being with you again on Sunday at 1 p.m. Eastern Time. That's 12 noon Texas time. And again next Thursday at 10 a.m. Texas time. That's 11 a.m. Eastern time. 